Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that today we get to chat with Vicki Fang, and she is an author of some upcoming new books, Layla and the Bots. And you're going to definitely want to hear about these books and the great things that they could do to inspire more kids, especially in some of those lower elementary grade levels in your classrooms or in your homes. Uh, welcome to the show today, Vicki. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And it's really exciting to be able to chat with someone who used to design kids' products at Google and Intel, and now you're writing children's books. So tell us a little bit about how, how that whole process happened. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a product designer, which means that I design how a lot of technology products work. And when I was at Intel Labs, I was working in this very cool lab called the Experience Lab. And we started working on the maker movement. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. And looking at how the maker movement could inspire STEM for kids. And I just was so excited about that initiative and we worked with some kids in the local area and then when I went over to Google I joined their kids and families group and I worked on a whole bunch of products over there. A lot of them were teaching coding to kids through technology experiences or mm -hmm. even teaching storytelling. There was a product that we worked on right. um, and designing play and games and so through all of that I sort of was inspired to teach coding to kids through stories. And one of the reasons that came about is I had kids of my own and right. reading stories to them, I felt like, oh, this is an amazing interactive medium for parents and kids to engage. At the same time, through my work at Google, we learned a lot of things through our research. One was that kids really engage with story and character, and then they, they learn a lot yeah. better from a character. And a lot of the things that I was developing, you know, required a computer or some form of technology. And I just felt like books are an amazing and accessible way to inspire kids that may be from a great range of backgrounds. And, yeah. you know, we have a lot of girls and minorities that need some more encouragement to get into the STEM world. And I feel like books are a great way to get there. And STEM doesn't have to be so rigid. There's a lot of creativity and fun. And I wanted yeah. to bring that out through the stories. So if people want to find out more about Vicki, you can head to VickiFang.com. She's also one of the authors that's part of the STEAM Team 2020, which we've been interviewing different authors from that, which you can find all those books available at steamteambooks.com. But you've launched this, this book series, and, and they're like early chapter books. They're especially focused on K through 2. Uh, they're being printed by Scholastic, which is pretty impressive, Vicki. Tell us a little bit about what the characters and, and things are all about. Yeah, so Layla and the Bots is the name of the series, and Layla is a rock star slash inventor. Oh, that's and a great, band... great combination. <laughs> and she and her band of bots, her bots are named Beep, Boop, and Bop, combine their skills to help people that they meet at their shows through awesome inventions. Yeah. So each of them has sort of a different specialty. Boop knows a lot of stuff. Beep builds things. Bop codes things. And they work together to create 
awesome stuff. And so in the first book, which is called Happy Paws, they need to save their local amusement park by redesigning it for dogs. So they come up with some pretty wild amusement park rides for dogs and have to build them and debug them and create this awesome thing to save the day at their local amusement park. That's awesome. And again, that book is released in May 2020. And the other ones uh, every six months or so after that for the next couple of years. But I'm thinking any teacher that has has that book in their classroom, if those kids read that, that's like the perfect intro to say, okay, now we're going to invent some roller coasters. We're going to invent some rides for dogs or, or things like that. Yes, exactly. And so there's a STEM activity in the back of the book, just design your own marble shoot roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I also have activities on my website. And there is an activity to sort of walk you through the design, thinking of designing your own amusement park ride. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I bring up through the book is really the product design process. So, you know, because you're, because you're a idea, product designer, uh, right? I know. Funny that. I just sort of slipped that in there. <laughs> um, but there's, that's when I talk about, you know, the creative side of tech and how it's really fun and it's a medium to play with. You know, you come up with ideas and then in the book, they even they do user research. They go talk to users and see what they like and watch dogs and see what they do. And, and then they start to design stuff and build stuff and iterate. And so it really goes through the cycle of design thinking without being heavy handed about you know, this is how you do this. It's just a fun story where you get to watch what they're doing and you think, oh, I could do that. And I think a lot of educators right now are starting to realize they want their kids to have those skills, that that design thinking skill, to be able to to design and brainstorm and build and kind of tinker things. But if you just grab an idea or a project off the internet and say, okay, kids, let's do this. Like you said, Vicki, earlier, you're you're missing that story. You're missing that, that emotional connection to characters who who need a problem solved. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's some kids that are just more drawn in when they have that backstory and and something, a goal that you're driving toward. And I think once you start to see that through the books, maybe you start to pull that from your real life. You see a problem in your real life. You think, oh, I could come up with some way to fix that. And then it just becomes a natural way of thinking about your world, Mm -hmm. uh, which is integral to anyone, you know, whether or not it's directly applied to sort of STEM education. It's just a way of thinking about the world around you that opens up possibilities. Right. We need our kids to be able to be problem solvers and, and not just, you know, project makers. And, and I heard somebody describe it the other day as, as a dumpster project where you make it in your classroom and then it ends up in a dumpster because it was just a project, you know, but something that has meaning yeah. to it, something that, that goes beyond just, we made it, we got the grade, we turned it in, now we're done, we're moving on. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's empowering for kids, too, to feel like, oh, I can, I can do something about this thing. You know, uh, I see something around me and I want to fix it. So again, we're chatting with Vicki Fang. You can find out more about her at VickiFang.com. You can find out how to get her books and uh, you can find those resources, those activities that she's got available to download as PDFs and, and different things. And, and then, of course, you can find out about all the great books at SteamTeamBooks.com that she's part of. I'm thinking just listening to some of these ideas, Vicki, your perspective as being a product designer before becoming an author, I think it sounds like it really plays out in, in these stories. Do you think careers is something that, that is a little bit missing in, in education right now? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, for me, I feel like this type of thinking, and this has come from you know working with some folks over at the MIT Scratch team 
who mm-hmm. brought this idea to mind, this idea of computer literacy, mm-hmm. which is really just the notion that everybody should have some idea about how computers work and, and that way of thinking mm-hmm. without necessarily having to be an engineer. It's not that I'm trying to turn every child into a computer engineer, right. but I want every child to understand the technology in their world and how it works and be able to think through logically how the things around them are working and also how to think through a problem. I mean, part of the steps behind design thinking or computational thinking is just being able to break things down into logical steps and think things through in an algorithmic way. And I think that those skills are important to everyone, no matter what career they end up picking. So it's sort of a a baseline that I'm trying to hit more than sort of education about careers, though I think that's that's something too. I certainly never knew growing up that these were career possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think a lot of kids would be surprised. I mean, they, they go to the store, they buy something and they think, oh, a factory made it. And sometimes they don't think through that whole aspect that there were people behind that design process. And, and I think especially at yeah. that kindergarten for second, third grade level, there's a lot of kids that, that that's just such a new idea. And, and I think that's something that your, that your books have, have that ability to really share with kids. And again, that's why I think teachers and parents should definitely check these books out. Try to get them in your school library. Try to get them yeah, in, your, I, in your classrooms as well. That's definitely something that I don't think I realized until maybe college, that everything around me, everything, every object I pick up, somebody designed it and somebody yeah. had to make it. And there was a thought process behind it. And so that was really exciting to me when I figured that out. Yeah, that had to be pretty cool. I mean, I just got to ask you, was it pretty cool working at, at Google and Intel? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> like the ping pong tables but, and everything, right? That's what everybody thinks <laughs> of, right? Or the Google time, right? It's true. I mean, they do have all of those things. But really, the best part that I would say about working at Google was working with the people that I got to work with. It just has the most amazing people who have fantastic ideas and fantastic skills and everybody wants to do something great. And so, you know, I got to work on projects with people who are just mind-bogglingly talented and everybody mm-hmm. brings their own thing to the table. And it's sort of like what I was talking about with Layla and the bots. Everybody brings something to the table and you combine those skills and you come up with something amazing and awesome that you couldn't have done with your own. Right. So there's that whole collaborative element too. Yeah. It's amazing. So if if the book was only Layla and the bot or just Layla, they would not be able to solve these problems. Exactly. And I think so at Google, they sort of, they talk about the three-legged stool. There's sort of Mm -hmm. your product manager and your uh, designer and your technology lead, and they all have to work together. Otherwise, the stool falls over. Um, And there are variations on that, the four-legged stool, the five-legged stool, depending, you know, what the team construct is. But I love that idea. I mean, it's definitely something, I think when I was younger, I used to think I could do it all. And then once I started collaborating (laughs) with other people, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This person's way better at this part of it than I am. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Vicki, I got to thank you, especially on behalf of all the teachers that are are just getting to listen to to your story here, because we don't often get to hear that aspect. You know, we're, we're in the trenches, we're working with kids every day, and, 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 and we do our best to try to find out about careers, but to actually hear someone that's, that's worked in the halls at Google, at Intel, um, that's, that's really an important perspective that I, I think a lot of us don't often get to hear and, and really think about. So, so thank you very much for that. Oh, well, I'm glad I could bring it to the table. It's such <laughs> a fun thing. And I feel like Yeah, I I would love for kids to sort of get that 
collaborative experience and the product design experience. And so teachers, you're listening, right? You just heard Vicki explain that those kids, when they grow up, they have to work in groups. They have to be able to be successful working as a team. So get those kids working in teams. All right. So <laughs> that's right. All right. So I, I want to give you a chance also to talk about, again, we're chatting with Vicki Fang. Again, you can find more about her at VickiFang.com and links to get all of her books. You also have a picture book in coming out in June of 2020 called Invent a Pet. Tell us a little bit about that too. Yes. So Invent a Pet is about a girl named Katie who finds a mysterious machine in her living room and she has to figure out the perfect formula for her perfect pet. So it is about inputs and outputs and function machines. Um, But at the heart of it, it's really about, you know, finding the extraordinary all around you. So um, it's a sweet book. I hope people check it out. And there's also an activity on my website um, for kids to design their own Invent-a-Pets, figuring out their own formula to make a pet. Cool. And I'm thinking, I I know I've seen lots of teachers post on social media examples of pets that they have their kids designing, especially out of like recyclables or, or taking a uh, some some old stuffed animals and and repurposing them into different things. Not like not like Sid in yeah. Toy Toy Story, who's like ripping them apart and making weird you know zombie monsters out of the the toys. But to but to recreate and design a pet, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, and it was actually it came from I had done World Read Aloud Day, and I read the book to a classroom in Hawaii, and the teacher and the students ended up doing it themselves. They came up with this activity and sent me a video of all of the animals that they created and the formulas. Mm-hmm. And it was just so wonderful that it inspired me to make that sheet so that other teachers could do the same. That's awesome. So that's called Invent-A-Pet. It's coming out in June of 2020. Definitely look for that. Now, again, we mentioned before that it's Layla and the Bots, but it's a whole series. So you have another one coming out in August of 2020, and then a couple more of them coming out in 2021 as well. You want to give us a little bit of a sneak peek into what those are about? Absolutely. So the next one comes out in August. It's called Built for Speed. And Leland bots end up modding a go-kart for a girl who needs a hand-controlled go-kart. So that's the next one. And then after that, we have one called Chocolate Fix, which has to do with a cupcake making machine. Ooh, yum. (laughs) And then the one after that is called Making Waves, and it takes place in a uh, marine rescue center where they need to invent a sound system for one of the animals there. Wow, that's really cool. I'm, I'm just thinking there's so many connections to each one of those different things. You know, when we think about one of the best uses of, of math, it's, it's cooking in the kitchen, um, making, oh, yeah. making cupcakes. I'm, I'm just thinking through, I mean, that. Get your kids that book, and then once it comes out in 2021, and um, and then just get your kids to make cupcakes, and then you be the judge, teacher, and uh, and and eat them all, and see who who made the best cupcakes. <laughs> For sure. And each book, I'm always trying to think about a different aspect to highlight. So it might be sensors, or it might be if-then logic, or it might be sound waves. You know, so I'm always trying to think about a new piece of information that I can sort of bring into those books. And there's just so much that. Oh yeah. You know, I think Scholastic should keep making the books, frankly. You know? Yep, yep. Hear that, Scholastic? Make more of these. So sign her up for a, a series of 20 of these. It'll be great. Right? Teachers, teachers will appreciate it. So, All right, a couple, couple last questions for you, Vicki. Uh, again, it's been super chatting with you and, and being able to share your stories and, and your ideas and some of these great connections 
that the teachers I think don't often think about. But I love to ask everybody, what do you hope for the future of STEM education? Maybe in the next couple of years, five years, what do you, where do you see it heading? Yeah, I think that I touched on it earlier, but this idea of just it feeling accessible and creative to all kids mm-hmm. um, and not something sort of dreaded and routine. And I think we've come a long way with that. I feel like, you know, watching my elementary school kids do math now, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much exciting creative stuff happening. And I just want that trajectory to continue uh, where kids feel like technology is sort of like you know, painting or drawing. It's, it's yeah. something that they can take hold of and make stuff uh, and make really magical stuff. Technology is really cool. I mean, wireless technology is crazy. Motors are awesome, you know, yeah. <laughs> all of those things. Uh, empowering kids to take hold of that as and much it, as they would a crayon. Right. And, and at the same time, like you said earlier, Vicki, you just wanted to be able to produce some books, write some books for kids a book is a very low-tech thing, but it has the ability to uh, to teach us so many things, even though it's not, you know, got flashing lights and sound built into it. Yeah, exactly. And it's something they can read over and over again and and absorb the concepts without it being a very heavy, heavy-handed process. Right. And uh, last question I love to ask everybody, Vicki, if you could sit down and have some dinner with somebody from STEM, past or present, uh, who would you just love to sit down with and, and talk with and and uh, just get to know? So this question is always hard for me because I feel like there are so many and my interests are always changing. That's okay. Uh, right now, yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm super fascinated with Tesla right now. Yeah. Um, and I have just started reading his autobiography. And so uh-huh. it's so interesting to me the way that he thinks creatively about technology and the way that his brain works. He sort of talks about, you know, as a child, the way he would think about things. And so it's just, I would love to talk to him about sort of his process of being a creative technologist and thinking about the potential in the future and all of yeah. those things. Yeah. Elon is a, a pretty, pretty amazing guy. The things that he's, he's doing and you, you hear like a, a new report on some new idea from him and it's like, wow, I never would have thought of that. But yeah, that seems like it could work. Oh, yeah. I actually meant the other Tesla, the original Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Elon Musk would also be fascinated. <laughs> Maybe you could have both at the table. Sorry. That would be that would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Nikola Tesla. Yeah, uh, especially the different things that he interacted with, you know, in regards to Edison and then Westinghouse. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. Some of those things. I, I read about them a while back too. So, by the way. My favorite, my favorite shirt that I have has Edison and Tesla on it. And it says ACDC. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> for, for us nerds, we all get that. So um, <laughs> any, any other last thoughts, Vicki? Again, uh, super chat with you. And I, and I hope everybody definitely checks out Layla and the Bots books uh, starting to be released in May of 2020. Any, anything, any other last thoughts you want to share with everybody? I think I just hope people are having a good time with their kids these days and finding creative ways to bring STEM into their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly it. It's not just something that we teach for 40 minutes a week that our kids go to as a special. It's not just something that we do in the STEM lab or the STEM classroom or during STEM time. It's supposed to be STEM every day. What do you know? Podcast called STEM every day. Good idea, huh? Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Vicki, it's been so great chatting with you today. Again, uh, definitely check out her, her books and find out more at VickiFang.com. I really appreciate it, Vicki. 
Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it being on. Yeah, uh, just again, such super ideas. And I, I can't wait for educators to get some of these books for their classrooms and parents to get these books for their kids. Put these on the lists that you, you share with your parents when those parents are asking, what can I get as a gift for my kid? Things like Layla and the Bots and, and some of these other books from steamteamboooks.com are just great. As always, thanks for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave a review that helps more educators to find it. And if you need to connect with me, I'm always at dailystem.com or dailystem.com on social media and I love helping and teachers keep up the good work.